Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. Well, we are looking at overcoming naysayers. We've spent a couple weeks on this um, and spent a couple weeks on this. This is about... uh, toolbox for success. Last week we talked about overcoming naysayers in that there will always be people in our lives that that uh, you know have something negative to say about what God has called us to do. And last week, if you didn't get a chance to watch last week's, you really should take a look at it because it's important that you catch each part of it because each part of it builds on the last part. So take a look at it. Even if you scroll through, uh, usually 15 minutes in, we uh, I start speaking, or 10 minutes in, I start speaking. But watch last week's as well. But we talked about how before David ever got to Goliath, and you know that story, before he ever got to Goliath, there were four naysayers that had to be overcome. He had to overcome his dad. His dad wanted to delay uh, his destiny. He wanted him to be a shepherd and stay close to home. The crowd wanted were naysayers. They were discouraged, and so they wanted to discourage David from going up against Goliath. His oldest brother disapproved, said, what are you doing here? And his older brother was very bitter, very angry person. He had to overcome that emotional part of naysaying. And then the expert said, you're just excuse me, you're just a boy. You can't fight Goliath. He's a trained killer. And I use this phrase, and I love it. Remember that amateurs built the ark, but professionals built the Titanic. Experts aren't always right. So this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to examine how to defeat naysayers and naysayers' attitude in your life. So we have four points. I'll have them up on the screen for you. How to overcome naysayers. Number one, remember they are not God. They are not God. Okay, now I don't know if you've ever seen these magic tricks where these guys, they call them mentalists, where it seems like they can read someone's mind. Okay, so it's crazy. I don't know how they do it. So I want you to close your eyes, just just go ahead, and I want you to think of a naysayer, and I'm going to call out their name and see if any of those names fit the name in your mind. I want you to think of a naysayer in your life, and I'm going to say a name and see if it fits, and if it fits any of the names that you have in your mind, then uh, give me a thumbs up or a wow or something like that. Are you ready? Do you have the naysayer in your mind? Okay, I'll start with these names. You ready? Elohim, El Shaddai, Adonai, Yahweh, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner, Jehovah Raha, the Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Any of these names fit? Here's the point. No, none of those people that you have in mind that are naysayers in your life are God. God is the one that matters. Why give more power to naysayers in your life than God? God 
who is all of these things, creator God, that's Elohim, El Shaddai, the Lord Almighty, El Elyon, God Most High, Adonai, Lord and Master, Yahweh, Lord Jehovah, Jehovah Nissi, my banner, shepherd, heel, Shammah, the Lord is there, Sidkanu, righteousness, Makadeshim, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that, but the Lord that sanctifies you, Jehovah Jireh or Yira, the Lord will provide, Jehovah Shalom, he is the peace, Jehovah Sabbath, he is the Lord of hosts. It's God that matters, not whose ever name you're thinking of, and none of those people that are naysayers in your life are God. And so remember, those that are naysayers, they are not God. You don't have to listen to them. You have to listen to God. Proverbs 29, 25 says, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. In the message, it's a paraphrase of scripture, love it. It says this, the fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you, protects you from that. Some people are paralyzed, not physically, but emotionally. They're paralyzed by the approval of of others. You know what happens when you're paralyzed by the approval of others? It keeps you from doing what God called you to do. You have to remember whatever naysayer, whoever the naysayer is in your life, they're not named Jehovah because he's not against you. He's for you. Be more concerned in our lives about what God thinks than what others think about you. What does God think about you? Isaiah 8.13 in the New Living Translation says, Make the Lord of heaven's armies, that's the Lord of hosts, make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. He's the one you should fear. He is the one who should make you tremble. tremble. Listen, here's a little equation to remember. The bigger the naysayer in your eyes, the smaller your God. The bigger your God, the smaller your naysayer. Let me repeat that. Now get that. The bigger the naysayer in your life, the more power you give them, the smaller your God is. But the bigger your God is, our God, Jehovah God, the smaller the naysayer. David would have never got to Goliath if he hadn't overcome the naysayers in his life. So I have this question. I have this question. Now some of these questions I'm going to ask, they're, they're probing. They're deep. But we have to answer them honestly. Who am I allowing to play God in my life? What's their name? And I can assure you, and I'm not a mentalist or a mind reader, it ain't Jehovah. Who are you allowing to play God in your life? What's their name? It ain't Jehovah. God is the one that matters. Next, in overcoming naysayers, don't get distracted. I love the story of Nehemiah. It's one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. He was not a pastor. He was not a priest. He was a businessman in his day. So what had happened is Israel had been taken captive by the Babylonians. That's modern-day Iraq. And so they took the Israelites out of the promised land. You know what the promised land means to the Israelites. They moved most of them out of the promised land into Babylon for 70 years, 70 years they were outside of their land. When they went back 70 years later, their home of Jerusalem had been destroyed. Everything that they held dear, the promised land, the capital of the promised land, Jehovah, or Jerusalem, was destroyed. 
It was defenseless because all the walls were torn down. And when Nehemiah saw it, his heart was broken. He wanted to rebuild the walls of his city. And so he said, you know what? I'm going to rebuild the wall of the city. And guess what he faced? Opposition. Listen to this phrase from Rick Warren. Every opportunity comes with opposition. Every opportunity comes with opposition. Listen, if you're ever going to accomplish anything for God, there's going to be opposition because not everyone's going to be happy about what you are doing in serving God. You know why? Because they want to be God. They want to control your life, but only God can control our life in a good way. Okay, he's the Lord and lead. Listen, I'll talk frank today. We call Jesus our Savior. We believe that he saved us. And we call him Lord, that he's the leader of our life. And yet we let everybody else lead our lives except God. Whatever that name is, it ain't Jehovah. Stop letting other people control your lives. Be led by the Spirit. Every opportunity comes with opposition. That's just the way it works. Nehemiah's enemies, they tried to do everything they could to stop him from building that wall because the enemies of Israel didn't want the wall to be built. They wanted them to be weak. They wanted them to be insignificant. But Nehemiah knew the importance. So here's what the enemies did. First, they ridiculed him. People will try to ridicule you and your life, and they'll try to stop you from doing things. Listen, people that ridicule you, they're not your friends. They're not on your side. They're, they're against you. And a lot of times the people that ridicule you, they're just miserable in their own lives. David's brother, he, he said, why are you here and why aren't you taking care of your puny little sheep? He ridiculed David, but David overcame that. People will ridicule what you're trying to do for the Lord. Rumors, rumors. They started spreading rumors to other nations and other people about Nehemiah and what was being done. People will do that in your life to stop you. They'll spread rumors about you at work. They'll spread rumors about you on the internet. They'll spread rumors about you at church. Sorry. That's the way it goes. But it didn't stop Nehemiah. Don't let it stop you. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't listen to anybody in our lives. We need to have people that we listen to, but make sure those people have your best interest in mind. Even if they have to say something difficult, they do it because they love you. I hope to be one of those people in your life, not because I have all the answers, but I love you and I want what's best for you. They threatened him next. When ridicule and rumors didn't work, they threatened him. Well, they, they, they threatened to, to kill him, but that didn't stop the work. He was diligent, determined. He was not distractible. He was going to keep doing what God told him to do. Finally, what they wanted to do, which was so funny, and this happens a lot, they wanted to enter into a discussion. And here's, here's how the enemy works. Let's just make him busy, and he won't have time to fulfill God's purpose. We can get so busy in things that really don't matter that we don't have time for the things that do matter. Think on that. Are you so busy in things that don't matter for eternity that you don't have time to focus on eternity and the things that will last forever? What is distracting you in your life? 
and keeping you from doing what God has called you to do. So here's what they did. They said, let's just get together and discuss. Let's just talk this over. Four times they came to Nehemiah and said, hey, let's just talk about this. And here's what Nehemiah's response was in Nehemiah 6, 3, and 4. I got to keep going quickly. So I replied by sending this message to them. I'm doing a great work. I can't stop to come and meet with you. In other words, Nehemiah was saying, listen, I'm doing a great work here. I don't have time to be distracted. I got stuff to do. Four times they sent this message, and four times Nehemiah sent the same thing back. I'm not going to meet with you because I'm doing a great work. I'm not going to discuss it with you because I know what God has called me to do. He gave me the vision, and he gave me the provision, and the people to carry out the mission. Okay, If you're in ministry, you need to catch all of those things. Vision, provision, and people to carry out the mission. You need to have those people around you. That's part of the confirmation of what God is calling you to do. Listen, every major step that I've ever taken here at this church, God provided the people to get it done. Always. He provided the finances and he provided the people to get it done. It was part of the confirmation. If the provision is not there, then you must wait. If the people aren't there to get it done, then you must wait as a leader. Okay, that's a story for another time. But here's what they were trying to do to distract him. Can I tell you one of the big distractions? Now, this is ironic because you're watching online, but one of the big distractions in life can be the internet. The internet, just scrolling on the phone. And I am so guilty of that, I can't even begin to tell you. And you know what? On the internet, on Facebook and all these other things, there are a lot of naysayers. Now, listen, here's what I do with naysayers on the internet. I don't respond. I might tease back and forth with my friends, but it's not because I'm taking it personal or they're trying to uh, stop me from doing the Lord's work. It's banter. It's just fun back and forth. Even then, here's another thing in life that I've learned, and it's taken me many years, decades to learn this. I don't argue with anyone. I don't argue with anyone. Well, I think we should do this. Okay, it's a great idea. Maybe you should go and do that. Or uh, I don't, uh, do, 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 you know, uh, something great. I, I don't argue about that. Here's the word. If you want to discuss it, he, he, here's the thing. Listen now, there's a difference between somebody legitimately asking a question. That's good. We want to answer those questions. We must give a, a, an answer for the hope that we have. There's a difference between asking legitimate questions because they want to know and questioning. They've already made up their mind. Who are you going to convince? All it is is a, a distraction to you. A distraction. People that want to talk over and over and over about the same things over and over and over without any make, making any changes... Their distraction to accomplishing what God has called you to do. I'm not saying be nasty. I'm just saying you don't have to give them all of the time that God has given you because they can keep you from doing what God has called you to do. That's just what the enemies of Nehemiah wanted to do, the enemies of God. They wanted to distract him. Just let's just talk, just talk, 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 talk. You know, I'm a little bit on the other side. This is terrible. I get it. Lord's working with me, pray for me, but I don't need to know how the watch is made. I just need to know what time it is. Um, I don't 
I know, uh, uh, you know, I, I got stuff to do. Doing the Lord's work. Doing the Lord's work. All right. If you don't get that, you will someday or you're not going to get it. But someday you will. All right. So listen, we don't have to go back and forth with all these naysayers. Billy Graham has said, you can wrestle with a pig, but only one of you is going to enjoy it. I love that. You can wrestle with a pig, but only one of you is going to enjoy it. Don't argue uh, with people uh, other than your spouse. Ha ha. Uh, don't argue with people. You're not going to convince them. If their mind is made up, again, if they're asking legitimate questions, then talk with them and help them and answer those questions the best you can, even if you say, I don't know, but I'll find out. But those that are questioning you, forget it. Somebody says something on the internet you don't like, scroll through it. Forget it. We don't have time for this. All right, let me keep going. Sorry. Uh, number three, never attack back. This is another one's hard for me. This message is tearing me up. Remember, before I ever preach it, I've had to work through this in my own life. <laughs> uh, in this, never attack back. My first response is to attack. I'm very good with my words. I was in the hospital one time, and uh, it was some outpatient thing. I don't even know what it was. And the lady was cursing the nurse. And I don't know how we got around to it, but I said, "Yeah, I don't, I don't curse because." My vocabulary is big enough. I can express myself without having to use those words. And, she went. <laughs> and so, listen, I can use my mouth. I was, I was always small, not now. I'm much harder to kidnap now at my weight. But anyway, uh, I was small and not a fighter and, and all that. But my words, whoo, look out, look out. So Rick Warren says this. And I've been using a lot of his material uh, through this series. He says, don't be a smart mouth, ouch. Don't be sarcastic. Wait, that's all I got. But don't retaliate. See, my first response, I don't know if you're like this, you probably all are better than me, but uh, is to fight back, to fight back, to attack them. You attack me, I'm going, to, I'm going to attack you. But Proverbs says this, it's foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. Lord, help me, help me. But don't attack back. I'm joking a little bit, but in my heart, I want to attack back. And I told this story on site last last week. There was somebody in the church, this is decades ago, and you wouldn't even know them. I, I could literally say their name. You wouldn't know who they were. But they didn't like something. And you know what it was? It was about I wouldn't meet with them, you know, all the time, anytime they wanted and talk for two or three hours. I just, I just don't have time for that because those... Let's imagine, you know, and then when I say two, three hours, that's no exaggeration. Now, I've learned how to stop those things, but imagine three hours a week, that's 12 a month, that's 12 hours a month during office church time that I'm not doing what I should be doing because I'm distracted by this person. So anyway, this person got mad at me and they took it upon themselves to go and talk bad about me. They literally went to people's homes and were talking bad about me. They would see people from the church out somewhere and would talk bad about me. And I heard back from this. And you know what I did? I did nothing. It's a distraction. I'm not going to chase after this person. It says more about them than it says about me. And guess what? I'm still here serving the Lord. And they're not. Don't attack back. Now, let me give you some scripture here to show you this. Don't attack back. First Peter, 
when they hurled insults at him, meaning Jesus, he did not retaliate. Listen, if there was anyone that could have retaliated against those that insulted him, it was Jesus. But when he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. That's 1 Peter 2.23. Write that down. Look it up. You're going to need it. I need it. I highlighted it for my own life. Don't attack back. Let them do what they're going to do because someday God will settle the score. Let God make it right. Someday the truth will come out. All the nasty stuff that's been said about you, the truth will come out. What matters is what is God saying about you. See see how we get back to that idea of the naysayers are not God? All right, let me keep going. You still there? You still there? All right. I know I'm going a little bit long, and then I'm going to have to rush through. Stay focused on God and His promises. Boy, that's always good advice. Stay focused on God and His promises. There's over 7,000 promises in the Bible. Learn them. Know them. Did a whole series to begin the year on 10 promises of God that will change your life. They're all on Facebook. You can look it up. Or not on Facebook, on um, YouTube, on our YouTube channel, Hope Assembly of God New Field or Malaga. Look for our logo. Hit it. All the sermons that have been preached here over the past few years are there. Um, subscribe so when we put more and newer stuff up, you'll get the notification. But anyway, uh, 7,000 promises in the Bible. Focus on them. So David in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in his spirit because of his sons and daughters. While they were out fighting a fight they shouldn't have been fighting, the bad guys came in and took their families. And so they were mad at David, and they were all against him, and they were getting ready to stone him. Maybe you've experienced this in your own life where people were against you, and not that they were going to kill you, but maybe they were verbally assaulting you. Maybe they were ridiculing you. Maybe they were spreading rumors about you. Maybe when you made a stand and established boundaries that you weren't going to be distracted from what God has called you to do. Maybe you've been there. Here's what David did. He found strength in the Lord his God. He found strength in the Lord his God. First Samuel 30 verse 6, underline that find it, mark it down. You're going to need it. Psalm 118.6 says, David says, the Lord is for me, so I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Psalm 118.6, jot it down, highlight it. You're going to need it. The Lord is for me. It's not, is the Lord for me? No, the Lord is for me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Psalm 119, 41 and 42, may your unfailing love come to me, Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Psalm 119, 41 to 42, then I can answer anyone who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Psalm 119, 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden the word in my heart. How many have hidden the hurts of other people in your heart? You know what happens when you hide the hurts in your heart? That's what comes out when you speak. And you end up becoming 
I'm sorry. I have to tell you this. When you hide the hurts in your heart and you keep speaking those hurts, you end up becoming like the person that hurt you. Let that sink in. When you hide the hurts in your heart and you rehearse those hurts out of your mouth, you end up becoming like the person that hurt you. Instead, hide the word of God in your heart that you might not sin against God. And Psalm 119.11 in the message, the last scripture before we close, I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart so I won't sin myself bankrupt. Love it. I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart so that I won't sin myself bankrupt. Psalm 119.11 from the message. Naysayers are part of a successful life. You can't get away from opposition if you're trying to accomplish what God has called you to deal. But dealing with naysayers properly will make you successful. Find strength in the promises of God. Let me pray with you and for you, and then I want to show you something else uh, that's going on here at the church. But let me pray with you and for you. And it, Lord, we come to you today in the name that is above every other name, not the name of the naysayer, but in the name of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We come to you, Father, in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, for those that have been hurt by naysayers. And I'm not saying that the hurts aren't real. I'm saying that we can't let the hurts be who we are. But instead, Lord, the healing that comes through Jesus, that takes the pain and he transforms that pain to help shape us and mold us to be more like Jesus. Who was ridiculed more than Jesus? Who suffered more than Jesus for not doing anything wrong? Lord, that we would be more like Jesus in dealing with the naysayers, Lord. Help us today. Help us today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I know I'm running long here today. I apologize. Just a lot of material. This sermon, I had originally thought I was going to do eight points in one Sunday. You can laugh at that because that wasn't going to happen. I broke it into two. Look, out in the front yard of the church is the um, Ebenezer Stone. Now, our 100th anniversary, we have been... Um, Mom, I'll show it to you when we're done here so you can see it. Our 100th anniversary, we've used the, the motto, the phrase from Scripture, thus far the Lord has helped us, and it speaks of the idea of in our hundred years, God has helped us, and as he helped us in the past, he's going to help us in what's next. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. So we thought, uh, I think it was my wife that thought of the rock idea, and then we built upon that, yet it built upon the rock idea anyway. Uh, and so we got this big rock in the front side area of the church and had this sign made. And so we can. this can be uh, commemorative, 
and a reminder on our 100th anniversary in 2021 that thus far the Lord has helped us. When you come on site, whenever that might be, even if it's during the week, can you just stop by the rock on the side, look at the sign and say, you know what? In my own life, the Lord has helped me. Would you reflect upon the the promises and the answers to prayer that God has given in, in your life? Ebenezer, thus far the Lord has helped us. And guess what? He'll help you in whatever is next in our church and in your life as well. Well, let's close with our benediction, and i am really got to run um, after this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, more than we could ask or more than we could imagine, to him be glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.